Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in again live today. Today is Sunday, June 18th. It is almost one o'clock, um, and I thought I'd get a little bit of a head start today. And I wanted to say a very special happy Father's Day to all of the fathers that are out there for all that you do that goes unmentioned, unappreciated, all of that stuff. Thank you very much for doing what you do. Um, happy Father's Day to everyone out there. And you are currently watching the Skill Building Sunday Drawing Group here live on the Reinventing the Tattoo Network. Um, this is a live stream started today, June 18th at 1 p.m. And I am Jason Leeser. I am your host for today. And if this is working for you, please drop us a comment. Let us know. Uh, hit that like button. Let me know that I'm not talking to dead air, please. I really appreciate it. Um, and welcome to Guy Aitchison's Reinventing the Tattoo Community, where tattooers, apprentices, collectors, and the curious are encouraged to join in these live streams, real-world events, to share and inspire and ultimately create better art and tattoos together. We beam out nearly every day and with your help have evolved into a quality network of amazing live and on-demand tattoo and art shows that have all been receiving rave reviews. You can find Reinventing the Tattoo in both of the app stores, the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store, as well as our Reinventing the Tattoo YouTube channel, our Reinventing the Tattoo Roku channel, which has 12 to 15 episodes going at any given time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and is accessible on all Roku-enabled devices. You can also find Reinventing the Tattoo in all of the major podcast directories, such as Apple and Spotify. Or you can do what most people do and just do a Google search for Reinventing the Tattoo and you'll find it all. Uh, except for the book. The book is out of print. Letting you guys know now. Um, I'm still looking for a copy. If anyone out there has a copy, they'd be willing to sell me. Let me know. Um, otherwise, I'm just going to have to wait until one pops up on eBay. But no matter where you are watching live or on demand, you can always get the latest and greatest, most up-to-date information, all available at www.reinventingthetattoo.com. You can try it out for free. Um, you don't have to subscribe right away. You can pick one of the following three options. We've got a sample webinar from the Reinventing the Tattoo Canon, which is absolutely priceless. Absolutely love it. Or you can get some free advice from Guy Aitchison about your unique goals. Or you can take a comprehensive tattoo history course from Jay Brown, which is excellent, by the way. I've always been fascinated about history, and Jay Brown really knocks it out of the park. You can also find our full schedule with full weekly and special event live stream details available at www.reinventingthetattoo.com. And at reinventingthetattoo.com, you also have access to the Reinventing 24-7 channel, which is a lot like our Roku channel. It's got about 13 episodes playing at any given time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And at reinventingthetattoo.com, you have access to professional development courses from over 20 world-class tattooers, including people like BJ Betts and Andre Malcolm. Um, you can take online webinars, you know, obviously on the website. Um, in fact, we even have one or two new ones popping up pretty soon. 
I'm not going to say too much more about that. You'll have to check the website. But letting you know, all of that is available all at reinventingthetattoo.com. Once again, if this is working for you, please let me know in the comments and in the chats. And please tag a friend who loves tattoos. Maybe it's someone interested in getting their first tattoo. Maybe it's someone interested in trying to become a tattoo artist. Tag someone. Let me know, um, you know if anyone out there is actually listening. And the more, the merrier. We've got a number of weekly staple shows we always encourage people to tune into. Starting on Sundays at 1 p.m. with me, Jason Leeser, for the Skill Building Sunday Drawing Group. Following today's episode on Mondays, we have three separate shows that we always encourage people to tune into. Starting on Mondays at 9 a.m. with Drawing for Tattooers with James Wisdom, where we go through and we take a look at some basic drawing techniques and strategies, you know, trying to really revisit our fundamentals and the art aspect behind drawing the tattoos. Um, Absolutely priceless. I try to hop in every chance I get. Uh, It's an absolutely phenomenal show, uh, and James really knocks it out of the park with all of the stuff that he covers. Following the 9 a.m. drawing group on Mondays, at 5 p.m. on Mondays, we have Let's Talk About Feelings with Robbie Ripple, where we go through and we get to discuss some of those things that aren't really discussed that much in the tattoo industry, and that's how do we feel about things. Following that, capping off Monday evening at 9 p.m., we have a subscribers exclusive drawing group with Sandy McAndrew. Um, And this is only available for people that go through and have a subscription to the Reinventing the Tattoo Evolution course or the Reinventing the Tattoo Canon. Um, If you have either one of those subscriptions, you have access to the Monday night drawing group. And I'm telling you right now, from personal experience, it is absolutely priceless. I have learned just as much during those drawing groups as I have with an entire year subscription just reading the canon. Um, It's practical, hands-on experience and hands-on advice live as you're drawing. It's absolutely priceless. Capping off the week on Thursdays at 6 p.m., we have the Tattoo Collecting 101 podcast with Fawn Baker. Uh, which is absolutely awesome, where we go through and we talk about, you know, our tattoo collections, the adventures we've been on, and a whole host of other subjects. We'd like to go through and take a second to thank some of our sponsors and some of the people that make these shows happen. Starting off with WorldTattooEvents.com, the largest, most comprehensive resource for tattoo events worldwide. And they are constantly keeping everything updated and upgraded As we know, living in this post-pandemic world, there are still some shows which are getting canceled and rescheduled. So if you want the most up-to-date convention information coming to a city or town near you, maybe it's one you want to visit, because I've used this website before to plan out some vacations and trips, take a look at worldtattooevents.com. It is a wealth of information as far as tattoo events and conventions coming up. We'd also like to thank TattooNow.com, technology for tattooers, the leading edge in professional development, management, and digital tools for tattooers of all levels. They're constantly keeping everything upgraded and updated. They are competitive with any type of CRM, mailing list, or scheduling software currently available. 
So if you're looking for the digital tools to help you attract more clients that want to get the type of work that you want to do, take a look at TattooNow.com. This is exactly where to go to get all of those tools that will really, really help take your business to a whole new level. And of course, this wouldn't be reinventing the tattoo without a very personal and professional thank you to Guy Itchison at GuyItchison.com. He's the founder and inspiration behind reinventing the tattoo. You can go to GuyItchison.com where you can pick up a copy of his biomech encyclopedias, uh, some of his DVDs. He's got some custom coil machines for sale. I think there's only a handful left. Uh, countless fine art prints. And if you're lucky and you go there on the right days and times, you might even be able to snag an original oil painting, which he does post up there on occasion. Uh, as well, I'd like to go through and thank one of our affiliates, The Apprenticeship Diaries with Amy Nichols. If you are a tattoo apprentice or a tattoo apprentice hopeful and you're looking for more information on what it's like, what's a good apprenticeship, what's a bad apprenticeship, you know, what to expect during your apprenticeship or anything of the nature, take a look at the Apprenticeship Diaries with Amy Nichols, where you can go through and take a look at a lot of the different stuff that's entailed inside a tattoo apprenticeship and hear stories and get advice from people that have been through those apprenticeships. And I'd like to take a quick second to send a very personal shout out and thank you to TATCOM and Aaron Williams, the mad scientist. Uh, these guys are going through diving into the science behind tattooing and why do tattoos work? How do they work? What makes them work? And they're designing equipment to help people tattoo more efficiently and more consistently over time. So if you're looking for the latest, most up-to-date tattoo technology to help you apply tattoos better, take a look at TATCOM. These guys are literally changing the world with what they are doing. As always, we ask that you please post a positive review on the channel if you like today's episode uh, and help us get the word out, you know, spread the love. Everyone, you know, we're trying to get everyone in here, uh, get some different perspectives and some ideas. If you would like to host a Reinventing the Tattoo event or become a sponsor of our community, or maybe you're looking for a fine art or a tattoo critique, you can always email management at reinventingthetattoo.com and we will be happy to get back to you just as soon as we can. Uh, looks like we've got uh, tattoonow.com is actually in the YouTube chat. What's going on, Tattoo Now? And I'm going to throw that up and switch over. Do, 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 do. Oh, technology. Gotta love it. Boop, boop, boop. Good. Cool. Wonderful. And we can switch this over. And Today, I'm going to be working on pretty much only dragon heads. Um, I've got a client coming in uh, in the beginning of July that wants a very different type of ta dragon tattoo. Uh, she wants kind of like a techno mech 
kind of dragon head. So I'm going to be working on that today, going through with our basic construction, as we've kind of looked at a little bit previously. And start out with our circle. Circle gives us perspective. It gives us the right angles. This to kind of coming at a downward angle. just going to kind of use this for perspective uh, and then we're going to do another circle here another circle here connect these two guys this is going to be our brow ridge and then we're going to do another circle it's kind of more like an oval really coming up this is going to be the crown of the head and then we've got right about here, down here, we're going to be doing another circle or oval-esque kind of shape. This is going to be the beard. And then we're going to take our nose line, extend that out just a little bit, usually about 3 quarters the width of the circle. Maybe a little less, depending on how short we want the uh, snout to go. Hopefully everyone can see this all right. Now and we'll give this a little bit of an arc. We'll just do a circle there for now for the tip of the nose. And we want to make sure our directional lines are lined up so that everything is perpendicular to this line or not perpendicular, parallel. Sorry, get my words confused sometimes. So this would be our basic dragon head layout. Good, this we're gonna give a definitive curve. This we're gonna continue up to be our center line. All right, center line down here. So this line here and this line here are going to be parallel, right? And then we want this line here for the uh, top of the upper portion of the jaw. And down here, we want that to be parallel. And we want that to be parallel with our brow ridge line. This is gonna make sure everything stays at the right perspective. This is drawing it at a pretty standard three-quarter perspective. It's nothing crazy. I always find it to be very um, uh, creates a more interesting kind of visual appearance. So now that we have that, we're going to go through and mark our eyes. So we're going to do one eye, two eyes. And this is all on a new layer. And now we're going to start really defining and kind of going through and mapping everything out. 
this, we want to have a little bit of a, an arc or a curve. This we're going to kick out a little bit. Same thing here. And we'll just bring that up for now. Give this guy some bumps and ripples. So where this curls, and kind of bring that down. Sometimes we'll square it off, down, and we'll give it another little hook. Uh, I've been playing around with like different types of nostril shapes lately. And I think I've kind of set on uh, almost more of like an angular type of nostril. You know, kind of drawing attention by creating these sharp sloping nostrils, it kind of brings our attention upwards. Um, and then if we position the top of our nose right, maybe give it a little hook or something like that. we can actually bring our attention right back down to the eyes. You know, so our, our visual map would follow us up, up, down. You know, so it's kind of bringing all of our attention right back to where we want people to look. Once again, borrowing tricks from old master oil painters, um, you know, can always be very helpful. I always like to go through and do some loose circles. This way I know exactly how much volume the upper portion of the snout or nose is going to take up. It's also gonna help me define where some of my other shapes are. Um, same thing here. The reason why we drew these kind of this tubular shape is to help us figure out how much volume is there. You know, and we'll be redefining that and refining that as we go. This would be a little bit of a cheek structure. I've been really focusing on drawing a lot of dragons lately. Um, I just keep seeing, you know, a lot of different guys, guys like Bill Canales and uh, Anthony Tex and guys like that. And they're just absolutely crushing it. Shane Ford's another good one. Um, anytime you see them draw like a dragon, it's just got such personality. Um, and it's just drawn in a very different way. And I love that. So I've really been trying to incorporate a lot more of that into the work that I do. You know, new and unique perspectives and stuff like that. It's always helpful. Maybe I don't want the nose to come up quite as high. 
And with this cheekbone area, bring that down and over. And this is going to come back out and around. We'll just leave the back portion of the mouth open for now because we're eventually going to throw it. Maybe if I'm feeling spicy, I'll throw like another one here. But, but I don't want this tooth to get too confusing with the beard of the dragon. Because the beard of the dragon, and we're going to go through and map out some of our lines. Where do we want this beard to be? How big do we want it to be? What direction do we want it to flow in? These are arbitrary, but they're just going to be a nice little placeholder for now. Down here, and this is what I've been kind of really trying to focus on a lot more is the mouth lately. Now, typically speaking, you want your mouth opening to be parallel. Um, but I've been playing around with like a lot of different ways to draw that. So maybe we want the mouth opening to be a bit smaller. This we can bring down and up to kind of show how this mouth is opening. This would be the bottom jaw. Don't like that chin, so we're going to make this whole area a bit smaller. You know, the beautiful thing about drawing mythical creatures and fantasy creatures is you can make them look any way you want because they don't exist. You know, but I always try to give things different amounts of character and try to draw them in a different way because to me actually this whole part will probably be a bit more square because I'm going to be basically metal plating this whole thing so want to make sure I've got plenty of like nicer hard edges and lines to go through and give it that kind of metallic appearance. So we've got that. You know, there are some people out there that'll make the, um, the chin super huge. Um, 
And actually, I may go back through eventually and shrink down the size of the nose. But I think once I get away with a lot of this stuff, if I shrink all this, I should be okay. I don't want them to have too huge of a schnoz. Good. I don't want the chin to be too huge either. Cool. And if we've got our eyebrow areas here, this is where they would kind of dip back in. We would then take this guy. We'll give this like a pretty decent metal plate. Maybe I don't like the nose. I don't want to have too huge of a head. I'll that down a little bit more. since this plate is basically just on the upper portion of the head. Sometimes what I'll like to do is I'll give this like a little spiky ridge line. Just gives it a little bit more character. Um, you can always do that here too. Uh, these would be kind of rounded tubular shapes and give it like a little bit of an indent here and here. This part wouldn't be quite as long. Wonderful. What I'd really like to do is if there's anyone out there watching, I'd like to get you guys to jump in here and and to say whatever's on your mind and ask me if there's anything you want me to go over. I have in the past I've covered topics on all types of things. Um you know, and I'm not afraid to provide my opinion, you know, about certain things. So if anyone out there has any questions, by all means, let me know. Keep in mind, my opinions are my own opinions, um, and that is all that they are. That small, this whole thing smaller. Even though I'm really looking for those like more angular 
kind of shapes. Don't like that. This is kind of why I enjoy sketching on a tablet. Because um, otherwise I would be drawing each of these like shapes and each of these areas on basically a new piece of tracing paper. And I end up going through so much tracing paper when I draw analog that it's ridiculous. So. I found that just to save a few trees, you know, if I go through and draw my tablet, it actually saves me a whole bunch of waste. It's a bit more eco-friendly, um, you know, so granted the actual production of the iPad isn't exactly eco-friendly, but it is what it is. Um, from here, we're gonna go through just like, with humans, we're going to give this an ear coming out from behind the brow ridge by the eye. And just give this kind of these guys. That inside. Now we've got our mustache. Start out with two up front. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. Then down here at the bottom, there are some people that like to give the um, the actual chin beard or goatee um, these super long, spiky kind of hairs, and that can look pretty cool. Um, you know, depending on what kind of a look you're trying to go for, sometimes it can create just the right amount of flow and fit to whatever area it is you're um, trying to get it to fit, for lack of a better word. No, I think I'm gonna keep these a little bit more on the short side. just for the amount of available area that I have to work with for the project. Trying to get these to stagger a bit more as well. And 
something's missing over in this general area. So let's go through and we'll give this this top part of the head even smaller. Then if we want to, we can always bring the head back a bit more. You no, know, or we could just bring it up a bit more. Yeah, dragon heads. Dragon heads are fun. I'm actually uh, very excited. I just found out Bill Canales, uh, who I like to refer to as the king of dragons. Um, is actually doing a seminar out at Lost and Found Tattoo in New Jersey coming up in, I believe it's August. Um, and I'm very excited for that. Um, should be a fun time. Anytime I'm around Bill and I get to talk to him for even a few minutes, it's always an enlightening kind of process. Uh, just listening to, you know, what advice he has to give. Um, you know, he's been doing tattoos for a very, very long time. And is definitely someone whose advice I heed. Film. We'll see where that goes in a little bit. Well, Now we're going to create a new layer and we're really going to start to uh, define some of these things. We're going to go with a darker color. And I'm actually going to switch my pencil. But we can really start to define some things. We'll go through and we'll give this guy a pretty nice brow ridge. Bring that out. Same thing here. Dip over. 
This will be overlapping the brow ridge. Good, good. Now, depending on the size of your dragon, you might not be able to get all of these tiny little nuances in here, but you know, I always try to get as many as I can because I find it really adds to the character of whatever it is you're drawing. Circular. as the eyebrows go i always like to make them a bit hairy so i'll give them some some eyebrow lashes or eyebrow hairs just to start as the dragon evolves with our drawing we can go through and we can refine these if we want to um i always find that it's helpful to keep them a bit on the lighter side at first. We don't want to do too many because then it can be distracting. One more guy. Up. Same thing over here. First, let's define this eyebrow. A little bit further. Up. Before we do that, let's define our ear. These ears are, in my opinion, kind of like a critical piece. I always like to give them almost like a cone shape ear, right? Once again, we'll be refining that, so I'm not super worried about it just yet. Take this side, bringing it down and over. The reason why I drew these circles here is because 
as I go through and I start to add value. I'm going to remember that these are circular. So they will be shaded with such values as to allow a lighter portion to appear. And I will usually, during this part of the process, go through and start adding little bits of value here and there, just to kind of remind myself of, you know, where is the value, where what shapes are overlapping what. You know, by sticking to certain values and like blocking in certain forms and shapes it allows me to kind of go through as i'm doing my final line drawing and create a more accurate more beneficial stencil We don't want to go too nuts with the top of the head because that's not exactly where we want people to look. The more textured and detailed the top of the head becomes, the more distracting it becomes, visually speaking. This is a peak part of our cheekbone. And the reason why I usually do this so big is because from here, we've got our first whisker. Here, got our next whisker, and that's coming out on the other side. Those are just arbitrary. I'll actually take some time and define that later. Not liking how big this part is, so I'm going to erase some of it. And actually, let's move it forward a bit more. as our nose is concerned, nostrils, dividing line. Once again, I'm going to create a little bit of value and a little bit of shadowing just so that I know how do I want this to look. Here, comes up. It 
of value. Now it's starting to come together, right? Well, at least I think it is. And the reason why I'm not worried too much about the like upper portion of the lip is because a lot of that's gonna be covered by the mustache. You know, shade as you go. Get that value shading, volume sketching done in there. You won't ever have an issue. This part here is going to get a little bit of shading as well because I want to make sure that some of my shadowy areas are already predefined. part of that off the top This is going to be the under part of the jaw. Really want to bring that down. Chin will give this a little bit of definition for now. going to continue on to the back to connect to the body of the dragon. Uh, let's move this part up. Now this part back here where this part of the jaw connects to move parallel to this side not really super worried about that. We want to keep this line though. This is going to be our gum line. 
this a little bit of a lip. Sometimes I like throwing guns in there. Sometimes I'll just keep it and I'll, I won't do a lip. And I'll just kind of use this almost as like the lips curled in on itself. And then I can go through and add some teeth. Right, this comes underneath. Sometimes I'll do a little bit of a lip like this. Once again, a little bit of value, just to define where parts are. Just, just enough. Maybe I'll throw like two coming down here. You know, sometimes if I'm feeling spicy, I'll actually do it the opposite. Because I already have one tooth coming down. And I'll actually throw like a tooth coming up. You can always give it a nice little directional accent to really move your eye back in this direction. You know, once again, drawing your attention back to where I want people to look. Uh, let's go through and do the whiskers and the chin hair. So there's different methodologies of drawing the chin hair. Some people will do curved lines. Let me draw this in a different color. You guys can kind of see a little better. Let's do, we'll do purple. Some people will do curved lines, which is totally fine. There's nothing wrong with that. It, it's really good for creating visual flow, right? Especially if you really want to like, pull someone's eye in a direction. Um, some people, and this is one thing I've been a fan of doing a lot more lately, is just doing more simplistic straight hairs. But then letting the direction that these hairs are moving really kind of define how I want them to move and look if that makes any sense at all. You know, because by having straighter lines, it's gonna draw the attention a bit more. And because it draws the attention a bit more, like the attention of your eye, it's gonna make, it's going to be more visually interesting because anytime we draw a straight line, this is kind of the way that the mind works. Anytime that you draw a straight line, your eye wants to find where it starts and where it ends. So it can actually be a benefit if you've got, you know, a couple of straight lines that are intersecting and then coming back. It can really help draw your eye, even with 
even if you're doing straight lines, if you do it in a graduated fashion, so if I, for example, by graduated fashion, this is what I mean. So we would start out with a smaller one, then we would go a little bigger, and then a little bigger, then we would go with a bigger one, now that's longer, and then we would go with a smaller one, and then and smaller creating repetition and graduation um, is a way to force people's eyes to move. And then sometimes I'll throw in some like little negative guys just to make it look more than it is. And then tiny little accent lines too. Little accent hairs, why not? These are chin whiskers that uh, haven't quite fully formed yet. So over here on this side, we're gonna start out by doing the same thing. So I'll probably give this one small guy. Same here, small guy. And then we do bigger. Bigger. Bigger, smaller, smaller. And then a couple of little guys in between. Once again, showing repetition and graduation. Maybe I won't do quite as many over there. little light guys in the background. Now we're going to do the same thing. Now, if you look, this one's got a slightly, well, this side's got a slightly more angular kind of curve to it, kind of curving down in this generalized area and direction. This one's got almost a curve that goes up slightly. It's going to create some rhythm some movement, although I don't know if it's going to be the right movement that I want it to have, but we can always revisit that later and maybe give this one kind of an upward angle as well, or I could always give this one more of a downward angle. But that's for later on when we start to define things a bit more. Once again, repetition and graduation with the mustache, start small. Work our way bigger. Now these two on the inside, I usually give a curve. I don't keep these straight, but I will do like straight ones after that. 
this one stays small. You can do as few or as many uh, whiskers or hair as you want. This is just, I usually like to stick with like some odd numbers, even though I'm probably drawing even numbers, but as I go through and I refine things, that's where I will start to remove some of them. So one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five. Maybe make this part a bit smaller. And then what I like to do for along this bottom portion of the jaw, as I move back here towards where the bigger portion of the back beard will be, is I'll just do a couple of small little hairs. Nothing crazy. We don't want to detract from what's going to be there. In fact, that one might be too much and that one's too close. So we'll do little guy little guy, little guy. This just keeps the whole like pattern going. Back here, when we get to the back beard portion, we'll start off with one. I always like to draw these in layers, by the way. So what I'm doing now is going to be the bigger layer. It's going to extend the furthest and be the outermost portion. And with these, I might give them a little bit of an arc, but I usually try to keep them a bit more straight. Let's keep them a bit more straight. Once again, making them gradually bigger as we go. If beard hairs get a little too long, sometimes what I'll do is I'll give them like a little bit of a, uh, almost like a, a notch or a taper. So I'll go through and I'll create like a little bump out and then I'll bring it right back down. This helps maintain the width. Almost like a, a solitary width, but still allows for a little bit of accent, a little bit of mobility.
you know, almost horn-like, but not really. Some, you know, another good example is here. But for now, let's just keep it all straight. Because this is just going to be a quick sketch. So I've drawn that layer. Now I'm going to go through and draw some in-betweens on an inner layer of whiskers. This is going to give it that layered dimensional kind of look where certain ones are going to be back behind other ones. And it's going to create that kind of sense of depth. Once again, working in a graduated fashion. purposefully overlapping certain parts of the whiskers I just drew. But not bringing them out anywhere near as long as this back row. This back row, like I said, is exactly what I want it to be. I want this to be the biggest parts of the beard, the thickest parts and the longest parts. Same thing here. Drop that down. These are gonna be graduated. True. Uh, Mike Cole on the YouTube just mentioned that dinosaur illustrations make some really good dragon references. Believe it or not, what I usually tend to look at for dragon references, and this is kind of like an old school tattooer trick for drawing dragons, look at a camel. No lie. Artists have been looking at camels and the way that they are structured and some of their nuances for a long, long time. Um, a camel's face kind of starts out. You've got like a bigger skull portion as it tapers down. You've got a very distinctive nose area, which is oddly shaped, kind of like a dragon's. Right, and they've got some pretty high set cheekbones. Granted, this camel's going to be an absolute horrible drawing. They've got some brows. No, but camels, by definition, have very, very big uh, jaw muscles. And they've kind of got that, that, you know, weird kind of curvy head already. So there was actually a, um, if anyone out there has ever heard of Tattoo Artist Magazine, there was a challenge many, many years ago and some of the first issues of it. Um, and it was basically a photo of a camel and it said, uh, draw a dragon using this as a reference. And um, 
it was absolutely fascinating to see what people came up with. But yes, old dinosaur illustrations are amazing. Maybe I'll throw a couple of extra teeth in here. Maybe another one down here. Another one back here that's silhouetted. Cool. We're getting there. Now it's time for the horns. Now I've picked up a few tricks along the way as far as drawing horns go. Um, I always like to start out with basically just like a straight line tucking in right behind where we drew that ear. And then straight line here. Because that would end up coming right back down behind where the ear is. Okay. Um, from here, you can do one or two kind of protrusions for the horn. Just move this down so I've got a little bit more room to Does this be a bit bigger? There are some people that only like to do one. There are some people that like to do more than one. It's kind of a personal preference thing. And we'll make this a darker green. So I always prefer to have rounded horns. I don't like to bring them to sharp points because it gives them a look that they're a little bit older and a little bit more weathered. You know, so I always try to round them off. Um, and I always try to work in either S-curves. You'll see that this is a slight S-curve and this is a basic C-curve. You know, so I, I like to do S into C. So S into C, into C, into C. You know, S-curves and C-curves are... pretty much where it's at when it comes down to like how the kinds of lines that I like to use when drawing lines. So start out S, C, M to C to S. If I wanted to add another protrusion, I would do a C. And then I would do an S. Then I would do a C. Then I would do an S. I'd probably do another C here to kind of bring it down. That's going to give me that bumpy, spiky, but still tapered kind of look. Create some natural protrusions and some natural bumps along the way. 
is going to end up being tucked right back in there. This will be the where the horn joins the skin of the top of the dragon head. So that's one way to do it. You don't have to draw this second protrusion. Sometimes it looks better without it. Sometimes it's nice to have just like a little bit. You know, sometimes it'll just give it a little bit more character, almost like you were drawing like a uh, deer horn. Um, now here's a little like secret trick that I'll use occasionally, not all the time, but occasionally. If I'm drawing in Procreate, I'll duplicate the layer. And I'll move that over, shrink it slightly. And then that way I know my horns are exactly the same, right? Doesn't quite give it as much character. It's a little shortcut, but it does work. Now, one thing I did notice is that I did want to make this a bit longer. That'll do. Now, because I don't want both the horns to be exactly the same, I'm actually going to basically draw them again. Good. And this guy will be a little bit smaller. And just by drawing it again a second time, it's going to create a natural variation where things might be similar, but they're not going to be exactly the same. You know, that's kind of if I wanted like a really gnarly kind of look to it. Um, yeah, it's one way to draw them. 
draw them again and just see what we think. Maybe I want to change the placement of some of these. Maybe let's do one there and then this guy up a little higher. And we'll just see how that looks. Now I don't I don't know if I necessarily want these to be too organic just yet because it is going to be a technomech dragon. Um, but before I technomech anything out, I'm just going to kind of go through and draw them the way that I usually do. And then I can always go through, maybe if I kept the rest of this like technomect and then did the horns a little bit more of like an organic, that could be a nice contrast. Hook. that'll do for now. Cool, so we've got our dragon roughed in. And we'll spend about maybe 15 or so more minutes working on this. Um, now that we've got everything roughed in, I always like to group my layers, duplicate that and I'll flatten it. Now we'll turn the opacity down. This way everything's on the same layer but I still have all of my other layers preserved down here if I ever need them. If I ever wanted to move some stuff around. Yeah, chrome horns would be cool. I'll probably definitely throw some chrome on this thing somewhere. Um, and let's sketch with red. And what I'm actually thinking is if I really wanted to technomech some things out, I know I've got some brushes where I could pretty much cheat if I wanted to, but I could turn these into hoses. You know, maybe instead of hair, they're hoses. That could be cool.
you know, throw a chrome horn there. Maybe um, maybe we'll do a few more hoses kind of coming in back at the base. Where these things would lead, I have no idea, but that's not something I'm really concerned about right now. Um, maybe we'll negate the ear because we could do another hose here, another hose here, kind of connecting up to the top of the head. If that's gonna be a chrome horn, that's fine. These could end up being hoses coming down this direction. Do this layer that way. I don't screw that there. Now I just try to straighten out a lot of these angles. You know, maybe some bends, but otherwise I'm going to try to keep them all straight angles. Because if I can do that, I can draw like little joints there. Almost like I would be going through and deconstructing the planes of the face of the dragon. Maybe I'll give some of them a little bit of a softer bend, but. We'll keep the eye perfectly round. That'll be cool. Come down. Make a lot of sound effects when I draw, by the way. I don't know if anyone's picked up on that. But you can start to see it coming together. Um, that would be there. These would be hard ridges with like tiny little gaps in between. Almost like vents. That could be cool. Maybe 
it's a little smaller. I'll give these a little bit of a softer, rounded corner. Not quite such a hard, sharp edge. And yes, this is for an appointment, if anyone is curious. Kind of sitting there. Playing around with it, getting some ideas. Uh, even if we had like making these tubes like wires or something. Still gives it that same kind of like illusion of flow. You know, kind of like the uh, the hair naturally would. Yeah, maybe these would end up being wires of some kind. Don't really know yet, but we'll see how it goes. Hell yeah, sharp bend. Trick is keeping the perspective and the joints all together and in order. Just not as easy as it looks. What if we did event here. 
that could come there. I don't think I've ever drawn a Technomech Dragon before, so this is kind of a first for me. It's not exactly something that uh, I imagined myself doing, but hey, I'm down for the challenge, right? Back down, creating. Here we could have different types of like event slats. It's in there. How would I? That's it. So this could come up and over and down. And now we've got the start to our Technomech Dragon. Booyah! Coming together. Progress is slow, but progress is progress. Uh, thank you guys very much for joining me today. Um, sorry that no one wanted to jump in on the Zoom call, but you know, it is what it is. Some weeks are a little bit slower. And that's fine with me. I hope you guys enjoyed today's show. If you did, hit that like and subscribe button down at the bottom of the page. Make sure to tune in next Sunday uh, for episode 113 of the Skill Building Sunday Drawing Group here live on the Reinventing the Tattoo Network. And I hope everyone keeps their hands moving and keeps busy and life keeps moving forward for you. And progressing as usual. Um, keep those hands moving. Keep the art going. It's all about consistency and practice day in and day out. Thanks a lot for joining me today, and I hope to see you guys again next week.